criticism for having been the first president since Franklin Roosevelt not to appoint a woman to his cabinet. In addition, the president was honoring his substantial debt to Peterson, 30-year veteran of the labor movement and advocate for working women, who played a major role in his election. Kennedy appointed former First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt a champion of women's rights in the United States and around the world as the commission's official chair, and she served until her death in 1962. However, this high-level commission, consisting of 15 women and 11 men, was led by Esther Peterson. Four cabinet members, plus Attorney General Robert Kennedy and several members of Congress, were members, along with private citizens prominent in business, labor, and education. Leaders of large national women's organizations, including the League of Women Voters, the National Federation of Business and Professional Women, the American Association of University Women, the National Council of Negro Women, the National Council of Catholic Women, and the National Council of Jewish Women, were commission members or served on one of its committees. The commission's report, American Women, issued in 1963, stimulated considerable interest. With 64,000 sold, it was, by U.S. government printing office standards, a bestseller. The report put the nation on notice that despite the post-World War II glorification of domesticity, the way American women lived their lives was changing. Though most American women were still homemakers, a role the commission applauded, the report and the massive amount of supporting data accompanying it showed that women were spending a smaller portion of their lives rearing children, living longer, and entering the workforce in growing numbers. Owing to divorce or simply outliving their husbands, women were increasingly self-supporting or needed to be. Clarenbach and East recalled that the Kennedy Commission's work raised some important issues, particularly with respect to inequities in public institutions and the vulnerable situation of homemakers. The Commission's report urged revision of public policy in accordance with changed circumstances and made numerous recommendations for reform, including government-supported child care centers and occupational training for women so they could move into jobs traditionally held by men. It also focused attention on the plight of low-income women and those who face dual discrimination based on race and gender. The Commission's optimistic conclusion was that the quality of women's exercise of their capabilities and responsibilities will be higher as American institutions become more suitable to contemporary life. One of the earliest and most visible results of the report was the Equal Pay Act of 1963, which for the first time recognized the rights of women to fair and equal treatment as wage earners. This was no small accomplishment in a nation where even most liberals believed that protecting and advancing the incomes of male breadwinners was the key to a healthy society. The Kennedy Commission raised expectations that the government would take an active role in fighting sexual inequalities. Following one of the recommendations in American Women, President Kennedy created by executive order a Citizens Advisory Council on the Status of Women and an Interdepartmental Committee of Cabinet Members and Agency Heads, a practice followed by his successors Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon. The Kennedy Commission served as a model for and encouraged the formation of advisory commissions on the status of women that were established by governors and state legislatures across the nation, as well as many federal agencies.
By 1967, there were commissions in every state. In most cases, in setting up the commissions, governors relied on women's organizations, such as the National Federation of Business and Professional Women, almost always identified by its initials BPW, and the League of Women Voters, as well as church women's groups and other civic and professional groups. In some states, they also relied on labor union women and minority women's organizations, though others were less progressive. In Mississippi, the governor appointed an all-white group who opposed both the civil rights movement and organized labor. But even there, the commission's work led to changes, including extension of jury service to women. After 1970, members of state commissions met annually at conferences of the National Association of State Commissions on Women with Kay Clarenbach, a Ph.D. in political science who headed the Wisconsin Commission as chair.